Thank you, Dave and Naomi. Hello. Had some folks waving in the back, so I just wanted to say hello. Well, you know, if I have a confession, I am very task-oriented. But over the last, well, many years, I've really grown but, um, in that area. But I want to tell you, and I think I've told this story before, but it really bears repeating about uh, our, Wendy and I when we went on our honeymoon. Um, she really came face-to-face with the fact of how uh, task-oriented I am. Uh, So our goal was, all right, well, it wasn't a goal, but my goal was, let's go to the Red Cliffs and Prince Edward Island. So on our honeymoon, we went, stopped in Acadia, went to Halifax, then got to Prince Edward Island, and I looked over the wonderful, beautiful Red Cliffs, and I was like, nice, the Red Cliffs. I think we can go back home now. And so we went back early. Because see, in my mind, I'm like, all right, we have to go on our honeymoon, and the task is get to the Red Cliffs. And in the process, I didn't realize the process, right? That no, the the goal of the honeymoon is not to get to a location, it's to grow the relationship, right? The, you know, the first trip together and, well, one of the, you know, first trip as a couple together, and you're supposed to grow, and you're supposed to sort of receive and grow in that relationship so that then, you know, we can pour into one another's lives. But the reason I tell that story, too, is that although it started off rough, uh, I'm not going to be here next Sunday because Wendy and I will be celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary. (laughs) Who loves you, baby? Um, Little Telly Savalas for you there. Um, if you if you want to see something that's quite incredible, look at the Telly Savalas "Who Loves You, Baby" special from the '80s. It's you'll never be the same. Um, but we doers, so I'm very task oriented, and and we task oriented people. We we need to realize we have to receive and to grow before we give and do. Otherwise, what we're doing and what we're giving is just from our own strength and our own abilities. And especially as Christians, we don't want to just offer people and give people of ourselves and our own energy and our own ideas. We want to give them, we want to give them Jesus Christ and his righteousness and his, and and, and the gospel and all of that stuff. And so we want to decrease, we want him to increase. In order to do that, we have to, we have to realize that we have to take that time to sit at Jesus' feet, to receive of him first before we go and we do. And today's a scripture reading, and we're in our series on encountering Jesus, where we're looking at different people who encounter Jesus, different types of people in the Gospel of Luke. And we come to uh, Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 32, and we meet a task-oriented person named Martha and her sister Mary, who's not so task-oriented. And they, they encounter Jesus, and they discover the difference between doing lots of things, but then choosing to do the most important thing of receiving Jesus' word and, um, and being in relationship with him. All right, so as we look at Luke chapter 10, just a bit of the context. In the beginning of chapter 10, uh, Jesus is heading towards Jerusalem. And as he's heading towards Jerusalem, he sends out 72 disciples before him and says, all right, I want you to go tell people about the kingdom of God. Go before me, and then 
just wait and people will be hospitable. And those people who open their homes to you, that will show that they're open to the kingdom of God. So that's what he does. And, and, and they go. And now in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, Jesus goes to one of those villages that the people went before and he finds hospitality with Mary and Martha. So let's read in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So this short passage contains this encounter between Jesus and two sisters, Mary and Martha. And although it's the same encounter, they both uh, get a little bit of a different lesson with Jesus. Well, I want you to know that both women receive Jesus positively, right? That, that um, they're both welcoming Jesus into their home. But Jesus commends Mary's behavior more than Martha's. Uh-oh, so sibling rivalry going to go on here. But, but he does. He commends Mary's behavior. And, and from the context, the first thing I want to point out is the connection between hospitality and receiving the word. Now, that's from the context. That's if you read in, earlier in Luke chapter 10 that Mary and Martha are, are examples of people who are open to, uh, to the word, so they open their house. And I think that's also a, a lesson for us is that Jesus, when we're open to him, it's not just, well, I'll think about him a little bit. Opening ourselves to Jesus and is opening into his teaching is receiving him into our house, into um, all that we do. And so they're welcoming Jesus. They're welcoming the disciples as well as the message of the kingdom. Those things go together. And in that culture, that hospitality that was one of the ways you opened yourself up to somebody, but it was also just considered a good deed. Uh, and that's why the Good Samaritan parable, by the way, is right before this, because Jesus, he's going to connect, and, and the gospel writer Luke, he's connecting hospitality and receiving the word, but he's also uh, connecting love and receiving, uh, excuse me, love and hospitality as well. But both sisters welcome Jesus into their home. They're both receiving his message, what he stands for. But Things take a turn because hospitality in Christ's kingdom, because he's announcing the new kingdom of God, it's not just serving Jesus according to polite hospitality, but it's listening to him. It's receiving him. And, and serving in the kingdom, it's not just doing stuff for Jesus, but again, it's based in listening and receiving his word first and foremost. So Jesus, as he's going, he's offering people the kingdom of God, and that is a, a, a prior, the priority is to receive God's kingdom empowerment first and foremost so that then we can serve in Christ's empowerment. We can serve with Christ's wisdom. So that was the first and foremost priority. But we see that when Jesus comes, when they receive, uh, when Mary and Martha receive Jesus and his disciples, that immediately means they have a lot of work to do. I mean, think about all the work that they have to do to, um, to entertain, the, or better, to welcome this group of men into their house. 
again, it's not like today where, all right, um, I'm going to be receiving some guests, so I'm just going to run to Stop and Shop and get some extra chicken cutlets, right? So give everyone some chicken nuggets or whatever, you know. You don't, you don't do that. You have to actually go and kill the chicken. And then you've got to hang that chicken up upside down so the blood drains. And then you've got to pluck all the feathers out of it, right? This, we're talking hours and hours of work. And Martha, she sees that. She's pulling stuff out of storage. She's, again, she's killing the chicken. She's, she's kneading the bread, the dough. She's doing all of those things. I mean, it makes sense, right? What would you do? What would you do if you were in that situation? You have Jesus and at least 12 of his peeps coming, and you have to entertain them. What would you do? I know what I would do. I would be like, all right, let's make a list. All right, these are the things we need to do, and let's get her done. Let it get her done. And then go down that list. Martha, that's what she's doing. She is busting her behind to get everything ready. She's killing that chicken. She's kneading, moving, moving everything around. But, but Mary, look at what Mary's doing. She's just sitting at Jesus' feet listening to his teaching. So in other words, while the house is being prepared, while the meal is being prepared, Jesus does what Jesus does, and that's he's teaching. He's, he's sharing the word of God, the, the kingdom of God, and there's a whole mess of his disciples around. Maybe there's a crowd, and then there's Mary right at his feet, just wrapped into every one of his words. And Martha says, what? Are you kidding me? How can you even think about sitting and listening when we haven't even got halfway through this list? You see, Martha is wired as a doer, someone who focuses on tasks. I'm like that as well. Anyone else here like that? Her number one priority, finish the tasks. And again, she can't believe that her sister would even be able to listen to Jesus when there's so many things left undone. And there are many things that had to get done. And Martha, she's anxious about all of them. She's troubled to get everything on her list done. But what does Jesus say? Only one thing is truly necessary. That despite all the cultural expectations at the time, and that is, yeah, if you have guests, you show them hospitality. Sitting at Jesus' feet and receiving his word, that was the one necessary thing that both Martha and Mary needed to do. And Mary chose that one thing, and that could not be taken from her. You see, we doers need to understand that it's not what we do. Rather, it's what Christ has done. It's not what we give, it's what we have received from Christ first and foremost. And that is the starting point. That is the starting point. If we've truly received of his grace, then we're freely to give it. But we're called to give from that place of receiving. Not to give just from ourselves, but to give from that wellspring, the water of life of the Holy Spirit. Not from our own Weak resources. Because that's what I said. One thing is necessary. What's that one thing? Learning and growing in Jesus. 
See, religion often overcomplicates things, right? It creates to-do lists. All right, if you want to, you know, if you want to follow God, these are the things you need to do. But really, there is only one starting point. There's only one starting point that opens up and empowers us for the rest of the deal, all other things. And that's listening to Jesus. It's receiving his word. It's believing in him and then allowing his grace and his power and his spirit to fill us so then that we start to serve beyond ourselves and power beyond ourselves. That's the starting point. The starting point is, what do I need to do? Here's my list. Okay, now I'm okay with God. No, it's what's Christ done for us. And then in the power of what he's done for us, that is when we start to thrive. That is when we do that one thing that is necessary. Again, this this idea that we start first and foremost by listening to Christ, receiving what he has for us, this was one of my biggest hang-ups. When I, was, when I first heard the gospel clearly, I heard, had heard the gospel before, but the first time it really hit me, and I know I've told this story before, as I was in the army, I was 18 years old, I went, to, um, I went to church because somebody invited me and, and they said I could get off post if I went to church, so I was like, all right, I want to get off post, so I'll go to church. And the pastor there, he, had, he asked this question. He says, hey, if you died right now, do you know that you'd go to be in eternity with God? And I'm like, I don't know that. Who would know that? And he says, you know, who, if you want to know that, why don't you raise your hand? So I raised my hand because I didn't know the deal. And like, why isn't everyone raising their hand? Why is not everyone? Why am I the only one raising my hand? It was a setup. And, and, and so then the pastor said to me, he said, you know, why don't you go by, back with this deacon and talk about what it means to be a Christian? And so as I was back there and, and you know, I, I said to the deacon, I'm like, what? so wait a minute, you're saying that all I have to do is like believe, like believe in Jesus, that's it? Just receive what he has done for me? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Normally you have to do stuff, right? Like, I, I'm like, give me the to-do list and then I can say, well, is it worth it? You know, can I become a Christian? Because I can do that, but I can't do that. He's like, no, it's about receiving. It's about believing. And that then empowers you because you receive something beyond yourself. I'm like, I don't know. Is, that doesn't sound right because I was such a doer. And the scripture he's taken, he took me to, and, and I want to read this to you. Um, and I've read it before. It's, it's John chapter 6, verse 27 through 29. Basically, in the Gospel of John, Jesus had just fed a huge crowd of people, and they're following him around, not because they want to receive his word and believe in him, but because they want the free buffet, they want the eats, you know, because he, create, he, like, he broke bread and just kept feeding people. So they're following him around for the free buffet. And he wants to get them to go deeper, to believe in him, And this is what happens. Verse 27, Jesus says, Do not work for the food that perishes, but the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? That was my question, right? All right, well, what do I need to do to do the works of God? Because I I do want to spend eternity with Christ, and, and, and I do think he's the Son of God. But So just tell me, what do I need to do to do those works? And this is Jesus' answer, and this is what floored me. This is what put me over the edge to placing my faith in Christ. Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. 
that you believe, you receive, you trust in him, not in yourself. And when I saw that scripture, all of the, the walls that were in my heart that I had built, because I'm thinking, I need to do, I need to do, I need to do, I realized, no, it really is all about what Christ has done. It's not about what I can give, it's what Christ has given to me. And that's what all of us doers, we really need to see. And so if you're here today and you're thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm checking this Jesus this out, I'm check, checking Christianity out, what it all it means, and you're asking, well, what is it, what do I need to do? I'm giving you his word right here. I'm giving it, but it's not my message. It's a message I received from him, and that is believe in him whom he sent, and he will give you his spirit. He will give you that grace and that forgiveness so that you're not just doing for God out of your own effort, your own strength, your own spirit, your own love, but you're doing it out of Christ's love that he gives to you, his forgiveness and his spirit, and that's what the world needs. The world doesn't need more Joe Green. Believe me. Wendy, she'll testify. No, that's enough, right? 25 years, that's enough. No. Um, but the world also doesn't need more of, of our limitations, your limitations, our sinfulness. They need more, the world needs more of Christ. But the gift is he wants to use you as a conduit. He wants to fill you with his spirit, you with his faith, you with his grace, so that then you'll pour into other people. But so much of us, we doers, we skip that part. We're like, all right, I trust in Jesus, what can I do? And it's good to serve, but we need to serve out of that place that we were sitting at Jesus' feet. We were sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to his teaching, receiving his word, receiving all that he has, so that when we get up to serve, when we get up to, to be hospitable, we are so full of the spirit, we're so full of Christ's love that it changes the world. That's the, the gift here. That is the call. Because Mary, what did she do? She's chosen the good portion, portion, which will not be taken from her. What did she choose? She chose the eternal things, the kingdom things. It's not that Martha was doing bad stuff. No, Martha was doing good. She was serving. But as we see, she was focused on the wrong thing. Mary, she was working on the eternal, on the supernatural realms by sitting at Jesus' feet. And Martha, she was doing good. She was. But it was mostly on a temporal level. Now, you know, Martha was doing good stuff, but I do, you know, I've been a little soft on Martha. <laughs> Maybe, you know, thinking, oh, she means well. She's just a doer. She's working hard. But there's a troubling thing about Martha, her interaction with Jesus. I don't know if you notice this. In verse 40, it said, you know, Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Martha was doing a good thing, right? S serving Jesus, being hospitable. But she starts to move into the territory where, where she's trying to get Jesus to advance her agenda, right? She assumes that, hey, I'm doing good stuff, so therefore, everyone should be doing this, right? My sister should be doing this. Martha assumes, again, because she's doing something good, it'd be best if Mary joined her, so then she ends up telling Jesus what to do. Right? She calls him Lord, 
and then tells him what to do. See, one of the weaknesses of, of, of being task-oriented is we can get so focused on the task that we assume, oh, yeah, Jesus would want this. Jesus, oh, I'm serving Jesus. So if it's got the word Christian in it, then of course, you know, why isn't everyone else doing this? And we get that. We get focused on things to do. And, you know, I've been in ministry long enough to both see in myself and others that Martha mindset where we try to get Jesus to baptize our agenda as if our service to him is the most important thing anyone could do. But that's not true. The truth is the goal is for each person to take a step closer to Jesus, to receive from him first and foremost, and then follow him more closely, not follow me, not follow my agenda. And yeah, pastors, we're not immune. Why ethics for pastors generally are centered in not getting people to serve your agenda in a way that will undermine the overall kingdom. So we're not to use our position as pastors to, to get people to do stuff or give us stuff or, 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 or divide people's focus, provide competing agendas. No, our calling is to get people to sit at the feet of Jesus and to grow there first and foremost. Now, unfortunately, history is littered with people who started off serving Jesus but quickly started to take on Jesus' prerogatives. Hey, tell, tell Mary what to do. Jesus. Very quickly, we can go from serving Jesus to telling Jesus what he should do, getting people to follow our agenda instead of Christ. Now, I say that and understand, too, that, that, yes, we first and foremost need to sit at the feet of Jesus, but, but doing stuff is good. Right? That, that, yes, we do need to serve Christ. That Jesus came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So if we're going to be like Jesus, we are going to serve. We are going to do stuff. Jesus said, you'll know the tree by its fruit. So, yeah, the effect, the, the, the results... That those things are important, and we task-oriented people, we tend to focus on that. Yeah, what about the fruit? What are you doing? And that is important. But without that, in that, that foundation of, of listening to Jesus, hearing him, again, the fruit we produce will be of our own making and not from the making of the Holy Spirit. And so I think we each need to ask ourselves, all right, especially if you're in leadership. Am I trying to get people to follow me and help with my agenda? Or am I most concerned, is my number one priority to, to see, make sure that they're growing in their relationship with Christ? That's a question I often ask myself, which is hard because, you know, I just sort of mentioned the nursery coordinator thing, and we need nursery volunteers. And we, we, as, we're, as we're trying to reach out as a church, as we're, as we're um, you know, being hospitable to visitors and all of this stuff. Yeah, it's very tempting for me as a pastor to be like, no, you need to do this. But I don't want you to do anything if you don't sit at the feet of Jesus first and foremost. Because again, I want your service to flow from your love of Christ. I want your service to flow from the fact that you've sat at the feet of Jesus, the the one and only servant leader and you've so filled up with him that you, you want to pour it out to others. 
as opposed to, as opposed to no, I got to do this out of obligation. Sure, I'll do it. I'll put it on my to-do list. And that's especially if you're a leader, especially if you're a leader. You should not be leading unless you're sitting at the feet of Jesus, receiving from him and growing in him. And so I know for me, that doesn't mean that one of my tasks that I need to put on my agenda is sit at the feet of Jesus. Because otherwise, I'll do ministry stuff, and I'll keep doing ministry stuff, but I can be like, no, on my calendar, I need to set apart a time where I am, that's what I'm doing. My agenda item, my to-do list is to hear Jesus' word to receive from him. And so if you're a doer, maybe that's what God is calling you to, and that is, all right, on my to-do list is sit at the feet of Jesus. Because as Jesus said to Martha, no, Mary, she's chosen the better thing. She's chosen that which can't be taken from her. She's chosen that eternal growth, that relationship with Jesus. So yes, I want each one of you to be in service. I I want each one of you to volunteer, find a ministry that you can contribute to. But first and foremost, I want each of you to spend that time at Jesus' feet and growing in him. Again, you, they go together, right? If, if we're in an area of service that the, the Lord has gifted us with, then that helps us grow. But again, we can't just go willy-nilly and, and running into that without saying, no, first, my first priority is growing in Christ. Again, this is a lesson that I struggle with. Like This is something I, I work on constantly because I'm a task-oriented person. Again, you don't need more of me. You need more of Christ. You need more of his word. And so I, wanna, I can't give you something that I haven't received daily. And so that's what I strive to do. But, you know, there's one more thing I want to point out in the scripture. And that is another dynamic. Is Martha, yes, she's a doer, but she also might be doing things just following expectations. Meaning Martha is doing what's expected of her as a host and especially as a woman host, right? Because she's, she's sort of the matriarch of the house. If she's hosting, she needs to clean, she needs to, she needs to cook, she needs to serve the male guests. But Mary, she's acting all like a disciple, like sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him. And although that wouldn't be unheard of, it's a little unusual that, yes, Jesus had women following him, but they would often do what Martha did. Yeah, they'd provide. But here's Mary. Wait a minute. You're, you're like a disciple. You're like a learner. You're wanting to be like Jesus just sitting there? Hmm. And I'm sure a lot of the people thought, that's unusual. Now, again, not unheard of, but a little unusual. And then Jesus affirms that, no, no. What? Yeah, Martha's doing what she's supposed to be doing culturally, the expectations. But what Mary's doing Mary is doing what, something that can't be taken from her. She is receiving. She's chosen to, to take that which can't be taken from her, blowing out all those cultural expectations. Mary's not doing what society says, you know, is what she's supposed to do. She is chosen to listen to Jesus' words, so she's receiving. And I know we don't think twice about this, but the original uh, readers of Luke's gospel would have been like, hmm, is Mary, is like she going out of her lane? No, she's not. In fact, she's doing exactly what she's supposed to be doing, and that's what Jesus affirms, that she's following and, and, and listening to Jesus, receiving from him. And so 
I bring that up because don't choose to do those things that you're supposed to do. Do those things that can't be taken from you, eternal things. Because if you listen to what you're supposed to do in our society, most people will think you're wasting your time right now. Ah, go, why go to church, you know? That's, that's a waste of time. My kids are in ball. My, you know, I, I want to go do this and, and, and do this. Maybe if I have time, I'll sit at Jesus' feet. Or, or wait a minute, you spend an hour every morning like praying and, and uh, you know, reading your scriptures? Why don't you watch the news? Why don't you be informed? You see, if we follow the cultural expectations, we're not going to make time to sit at Jesus' feet for different reasons for different reasons than what's here. And so I, I, I challenge you to say no, <laughs> because the cultural expectations are all about this temporary world. They don't lead to those things that are eternal, those things that can't be taken away from us. So like Mary, choose those things. Choose the good portion that can't be taken from you. And so if you're here, uh, I, I, I pray that the Spirit is speaking to you now, I pray that the Lord is, is giving you some, some things to do. And chief among them is that if you have never said yes to Christ, if you have never said yes, I believe in you, Jesus. I believe in what you've done more than what I've done. That's, today, that's what you need to do, right? You just need to believe. And if you're struggling with that, pray. Pray, God, help my unbelief. Lord, I know it's what you did. Talk to me. Send me an email. Talk to any, any one of the uh, staff here. And, and we want to help you figure out this world-changing truth that it's not about what you do. It's not about what I do. It's about what Christ has done. So that's number one. But number two is maybe you are a task-oriented person like me. Put it on your to-do list to sit at the feet of Jesus. And even when people whisper, even when your own conscience whispers, hey, that's a waste of time. You have all this stuff to do. You need to, you know, get on with your list. Say, no, 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 no. I am choosing that which cannot be taken from me. I am choosing that which will bring me eternal life and eternal empowerment. Do that daily. Or maybe you're here and all the family expectations, cultural expectations have all put so, all sorts of stuff on your to-do list. Say, ah, I'm choosing to do the one thing that can't be taken from me. I'm choosing to sit at the feet of Jesus. And I commend you that you're here or you're watching online, that you're, you've made that choice. I'm going to at least spend this one hour on a Sunday sitting at the feet of Jesus, hearing Jesus' teaching. Uh, teaching from the scriptures. But if it's just a Sunday thing, your to-do list is going to start filling in, filling in with other stuff. So make it a daily habit of choosing to sit at the feet of Jesus. And what he gives you cannot be taken from you. What he gives you will, will continue to, to bless you into eternal life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, would you... Look and search our hearts, and, and Lord, I confess, you know, you know, Lord, how I so focus on doing things and on my agenda, but Lord, we're so grateful that no matter what we do or fail to do, it is all about what you have done for us. God, I pray you'd move about this place, convict our hearts for those, Lord, who, who need to say yes to you, they would say yes.
and then they tell somebody about it. And Lord, for those who just need to put their time with you as a priority to spend time with you, Lord, I pray they would do that. But you lose, use this time, Lord. Use this last song to be um, making some stuff solid in our hearts that will result in a life change, a relationship change with you. We thank you, God, for being here. We thank you for being present and that we can encounter you now. In Jesus' name, amen.